Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Katie Snevice. Hello, Katie. Hi, Sarah. It's been a while since I've been on the pod. It has been. I decided it was high time to get you on here. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm always excited to join you for a chit chat. Yes, yes. So I have yet to shower after my workout this morning. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful, yet another beautiful kind of late summer, should be fall day here in Portland, Oregon. And so I went walking and then to the track where I now do a few quarter mile repeats of running. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. One foot in front of the other, right? I mean, you got to start slow. Yep. Yep. I sure do. And (laughs) so I did my most ever today. I did four quarter mile repeats with a quarter mile of walking in between. And So, but on the walk over to the track and then afterwards, I just, you know, when you walk, you notice a lot more things than when you're running. Yes. Because you're not getting by them quite as fast. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, oh my gosh, people have so many beautiful pumpkins and chrysanthemums and, you know, gourds out on their front porch steps or their porches. And I was like, I can do that too. (laughs) (laughs) so when I got home I hopped in the car to go to Trader Joe's because I know they have good prices and I'd seen earlier in the week that they had a good selection of things so anyway so that's why I opted to do that instead of take my shower so far is decorating for Halloween a thing in Portland because it's huge here massive yeah it's pretty fun I love it it's so cute to see what people do in their houses with flowers but also just all the decorations too yeah so Jack Jack takes the lead on doing that so you know like we have a huge fake spider web with these Mm -hmm. massive furry spiders coming down off the second floor down toward the um uh, porch roof which is very funny because when when you look up our address on google they must have taken the picture during the month of October because there's our house with the massive spider web and the spiders on it. Isn't that so weird when you look it up on, you're like, when is that picture from? And I could have cleaned up my house so much better. That's the one that lives online. It's so weird. It's kind of spooky, actually. It's spooky. (laughs) So, yes. And then he puts up, oh, like these fake chains and a ghost and some rat and all this stuff so he he takes care of that and for okay. some re- and for some reason he puts up green lights i don't know why uh yeah. don't ask any questions because you're yeah. not doing it right mm-hmm. so yes <laughs> so so then i added in the organic you know the natural decor bun yes what do you, do you have any inflatables or anything in front of your house we do not do inflatables, but we do a big spider web. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this is the first year I let the girls kind of do it themselves. And mm. normally, I definitely micromanage it a little bit because I don't want it to look like 
you know, just mm. the house on the street that everyone drives by and they're like, Ooh, what happened there? So they did a very good job and they love it. I remember decorating when I was a kid too. So they got all of our decorations in the storage closet in the basement and they brought them all up and they hung up lights from our front porch and mm-hmm. put some spiders out. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a few more things that they need to to add out there. I ordered some little bats that we can stick to the side of our house. We typically get one new Mm. decoration per year. So Mm. we got to go grab that. We had some tombstones, but I think that those all got blown away last year. So we have to replenish a few items, but it's our neighborhood is, you know, the houses are very close together. It's a very Mm -hmm. old, you know, hundred year old neighborhood. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people come in from outside of the city of Denver to come trick or treat. So it's, you always have to be ready with lots of candy Mm -hmm. and it's, it's so fun. I really like I really like this time of year right now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when people, you mentioned tombstones. I love it when people do creative things on their lawn itself. Yes. Kind of turn it into like a creepy cemetery and, you know, with a, uh, like when they disassemble a skeleton, so they'll have an arm popping up in one place and, you know, a leg from another. We do have one of those in our yard right now, which is super cute. And I, I think the, the, the tombstones, what people write on them are so witty. Some you just buy from the store, but then there are some other ones that are just, you know, they're just so funny. And I'm like, where do these people come up with these? And it's, it's cute. I love how into it everyone gets. Mm -hmm. And then you roll right into Christmas, actually, decorations. I mean, it just is from basically the middle of September until the middle of January, everyone's houses are decorated. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's also the thing that I like vow to myself. Okay, don't leave these now pumpkins and gourds up much past like the third week of November. Like there right. have, been, have been times when leaf pickup comes by in December and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll just throw the pumpkin into the street because it'll get taken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, oh. and I'm making... Uh, pumpkin pepita muffins after this because I do like to bake after recording the podcast. It's a nice transition from the excitement of the podcast to regular work life. It's delicious. I mm. made a butternut squash soup yesterday. Speaking mm. of fall flavors, that mm. is yummy. I'm excited to have for that that for lunch today because it's a beautiful day here in Denver, but it's a little like right now it's 64 degrees. So it's got a little chill in the air. It's a good soup day. I love you saying it's 64. There's a little chill in the air. (laughs) You know, global warming is getting to be too much when. (laughs) Well, I know, I know. I mean, this is pretty typical for Denver, but we've definitely had some still like 80, 85 degree days, which is very concerning. But yes, I'm ready for the 60s and and low 70s. I I do not want any more (laughs) 80s and 90s. That's just enough. Oh my gosh. Well, I did go swimming again. So our warm weather is meaning that the pond is still warm enough to go swimming in. Amazing. How many more weeks do you think you have to do that? Oh, I think I might, I think I might be done Um, because then, you know, it's funny because it doesn't seem like much time goes by, like the difference between say swimming on a Tuesday and then going back on Saturday, you know, you pretty much as a, a, you know, mom, you blink and those number of days go by. Right. And, And, but it can mean a drastic difference in temperature, particularly if it does get chilly at night. So, yeah. When I met, I, on Wednesday mornings, I run with a good friend of mine and we meet at the park down the street from us. And I looked at my watch at 545 and I was like, oh man, I have to wear tights for the first time, you know, like running tights, which I haven't had to do yet. And 
it just is a total game changer. Like, gosh, I got to get out the gloves and I should wear a long sleeve shirt. And where is all that stuff? I know to set it out the night before, but I didn't last night. So I was kicking myself (laughs) for not being prepared this morning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm wearing a very lightweight wool shirt by Tracksmith and then some shorts and a vest. The wool, you know the me. Wool shirts are the best. Yeah, I love wool shirts, and you know me in vests. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm yeah. a fan of vests too. They're my mm-hmm. favorite. My friend that I ran with this morning had one on too. Like I, I would wear one every time. I this weather is perfect for vests. Mm-hmm. But the only problem we were talking about is if you get hot mid run, then what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. That's what's mm-hmm. we were talking about how they should build a little pocket that you can like Stash you know strap it in into it. your shorts or something because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would wear it all the time, but then you have to carry it. And I always get hot. If it could tuck into its own pocket and then if on the inside it had a little stretchy thing so you could put it around your waist, you know, like exactly. with a little buckle on it. Yes. Yeah. All right. That's it, Katie. Yeah. Friends. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. We're ditching this biz. We're going into that vest business. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here, here first, right, right. ladies and gentlemen, I should say. Right, 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 right. All right. Well, when I looked on our website to see the last time we did the topic that we're doing today, it was almost five years ago to the exact air date, uh, which seemed kind of nutty, spooky to me. Yes. <laughs> so we did an episode featuring four gals back then who celebrated their birthdays in running fashion. So I decided it was time to revisit the topic. And I was spurred on by one of our guests who's training to do an Ironman to mark turning 40. And she even uses a clever social media hashtag to document her training hashtag 140 for 40. So we'll talk to her later and two other gals who are going big for their birthdays. And these are just three. I want to give some shout outs to some people. These are just three of numerous gals we heard from, like Emmy, who ran 40 miles for her 40th birthday, Makia in Sweden, I might not have said her name correctly, who aimed to run 50K for her 50th, but ended up doing 62K. (laughs) And then there was another Sarah who ran 40 races between her 39th and 40th birthdays. So those are just some of the many impressive big birthday celebrating gals so kudos to all of them katie and i will welcome our first guest after this break stay tuned another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our first birthday girl guest is Amy Little, a CEO of a nonprofit and a mom of two teens. Amy lives with her family in Boise, Idaho. Amy is going big by running the New York City Marathon to celebrate turning 50 and also to mark 10 years of being cancer-free. Woohoo! Thanks for joining us, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited not only to talk to you, but also for my big adventure. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. So tell us about your running background. And I'm going to confess that you used to live here in the Portland area. So you and I know each other IRL. Ooh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) So yeah, I've actually been a runner. I started running in junior high and I sort of had, I always call it an on again, off again relationship with running. And I finally... In about 2011, I think I started 
just running and I haven't had a break since other than, you know, the minor injury. And so I've honestly been running solidly now for 11 years and it literally saved my life in 2012. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm a cancer survivor as well. So tell us a little bit about your cancer and, and how you've been fighting the last 10 years. It sounds like you just celebrated. Yes, I did. Yeah, I was diagnosed with stage one breast cancer in June of 2012. It was a bit of a shock as it always is when anyone tells a human being that they have cancer. Yes. And yeah, I was super fortunate. It was early. The first, you know, probably six to eight months were a little rough, you know, just with surgeries and recovery and medications and that kind of thing. But really, I've just kind of been thriving ever since I, you know, like a lot of us, we keep a positive attitude. I ran through all of it. It's been, you know, such an adventure all these years to, you know, I have a sweet new rack that I got to sport around. (laughs) Awesome. My hair is now wavy. Like life couldn't be any better for me, to be honest with you. So (laughs) I love it that you say that because I have a new rack too. And I do love my boobs. I mean, it's not how I would have gone about getting new boobs, but you know, I mean, it's kind of a nice side effect, I guess. (laughs) It is. It was, yeah. I mean, I was, thinking I'd probably get, you know, get them done at some point. So it was nice insurance covered the cost. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about how you decided to roll your birthday in 10 years of being cancer-free into one celebration. And I love it that you're running NYC. A little side note, I tried to get an NYC this year, but I did not get picked. So I am so envious and I'm going to be there. So I'm going to find you and cheer you on. That's so exciting. Oh, please do. My gosh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So full disclosure, I had actually a really rough couple years. I lost a parent in late 2019. I lost my marriage in 2020. I lost my job in 2022. So Mm. it was really sort of this moment of I need to start creating some amazing things for myself to look forward to. And I knew I was going to be turning 50. And so a friend of mine suggested this thing called a 49 apocalypse, which is 49 things to do before you turn 50. And I thought, what would be Hmm. something that I would love to do that's good for me, that gives me a goal to shoot for that is really a celebration of, I mean, you know, life can be tough sometimes, but it's awesome to be alive and let's celebrate, you know, 10 years of survivorship and let's just do something that I, you know, didn't ever think I could do. So I literally just manifested this thing one day and I said, I'm putting this at the top of my list. I want to run the New York marathon. I want to do it as a charity runner because I'd never qualify on time. I just love to run and I don't really care about how fast I go. (laughs) So I manifested it and I applied to uh, Think Pink Rocks. And I was just stunned when they reached out to me and said, we don't have enough bibs, but you're now at the top of our list if we get any extra entries from New York. Mm. And Mm. so about three days later, they emailed and reached out and said, are you still interested? And I literally fell off my chair. I was so excited. So <laughs> yeah, I I just, I went for it, man. And I'm so excited about it. But yeah, it was just a, let's kind of create some positivity and some things to look forward to and, and a celebration of a lot of really awesome things all at once. That's so awesome. And I do believe the good you put out in the world comes back to you. Mm-hmm. So I, congratulations on getting into New York. It's going to be in awesome races. Is this your first marathon? 
this will be my second. And I always say every time I train for the first one, I said, this will be my last one. And then (laughs) so this one, I keep saying this probably will be my final marathon. So it's my second one. I've run dozens of half marathons and I just, it's just such a fun way to celebrate all of your hard work. And so that's the thing I look the most forward to is just, just the celebration of the hard work and the training and the time that we put in. And it's just a beautiful thing to be able to do something like that. I'm grateful. Mm. Agree. That's awesome. So as we record this, you just did your longest training run. How's your training been going? You know, I have had a really great experience training. I just had a really awful run on Sunday. My I was supposed to do 23 miles and I got dehydrated and I had to stop because mm. I was dizzy. Oh, no. It was hot. And, but I thought, you know, 21's fine. You know, what's another five at the marathon? But otherwise, it's been great. We've had a couple smoky days here in Boise, Idaho. We've had some really hot days, but generally, every time I go out there, I run with an intention of gratitude and I try to think about all the things I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. And it makes it really easy to, to log those miles. I've done all but one of my long runs by myself and it's been. Just a pleasure. I know people think I sound silly when I say I really like the time alone and I like to process and think, but it's Mm. gone really well and I'm super grateful and excited. Mm, That's awesome. Well, I wrote this question before you said all that, so I'm not sure this applies to you, but but are there ever times (laughs) that your motivation flags or a workout seems especially tough? Like, do you draw strength and energy from thinking about why you're doing this race? Oh my gosh, yes, all the time. And you know, I always try to put a positive spin on everything. But you know, like all of us, there are days when the hardest thing we have to do is just getting up and getting our shoes on and getting out the door. (laughs) And you know, so yeah, self motivation is key. And I think that's what's made it so much easier for me personally is because I know I'm celebrating these two huge milestones. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there are days where I think, oh my gosh, I, in fact, I will say I dragged my feet on Sunday thinking in the, which is why I ended up getting dehydrated and running out of water because I knew I was supposed to run 23 miles on a pretty hot day. (laughs) And I, I lollygagged. So I was about an hour (laughs) getting out the door, (laughs) not going to lie. So that was kind of my own, my own doing, but yeah, there are times when it's hard, but I think thinking about why I'm doing it and, and what motivates me to do it in the end. And of course, once you get out there and you're running, and you're breathing the fresh air. And right now the fall colors are stunning. Again, it just, it's just hard getting out there. But once you are out there, it's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. What do you have planned for your time in New York? And are you traveling with a group of people or family or what are you going to do to celebrate after your big day? Well, of course, I rented an Airbnb with a friend that has no elevator and it's on the fourth floor. So I'm going to be crawling up the stairs after the rain. (laughs) In my infinite wisdom. Your friend might have to help you a little bit. Oh my goodness. Well, she's also a charity runner. So we're going to be helping each other up the stairs. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I don't, I'm just excited to go. I haven't been to New York since I think it was 2000. So it's been 15 years since I've been there. So I'm just excited to soak it up. I'm sure we'll go have an awesome dinner, do a lot of carbo loading, Mm -hmm. um, just kind of soak up the city, you know, make plans to make sure we get to the Staten Island Ferry on time in the morning Mm -hmm. of the race. And just like I said, just soak it up and celebrate. And then, yeah, no specific plans other than just to do all the fun New York things while we're there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, sell, you know, celebrate my birthday. I've realized though in my advanced age, because I am turning 50, that I cannot drink even one glass of wine the night before I log mm-hmm. a bunch of miles. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Any of that kind of celebrating the night before, but gosh, it'll be, it'll be fun no matter what. Wait, so how close is your birthday to the race itself? So my birthday is November 9th and the race oh. is the 6th. Oh, so, yeah. fun. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So that's kind of why I picked New York because it was so close to my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Because it can sometimes yeah. be very, it's sometimes earlier, you know, sometimes it's the first or the second. So you really lucked out. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got super lucky. And I had a friend that did New York last year. And it was her very first marathon. In fact, she had never even run a half marathon, let mm. alone a 5k. Wow. And so she did it as a you know, she's a hero. So and we had coffee when she came back. And she just could not say enough about how awesome the experience was and how much fun she had, and mm-hmm. just the crowds and the energy. And so really, I will say she kind of inspired me to think about, you know, you know, trying to get in as a charity runner because she had such an amazing experience. Oh, that's great. That's great. And the all important, do you have your race day outfit planned? <laughs> totally. Oh, gosh, I've been planning this thing for months. So. What is it? <laughs> well, of course, it's it's going to be all pink, right? So uh-huh. yes, of I, course it is. Uh, I invested in some new uh, pink shoes. And I have these pants that I bought years. Actually, they're the running tights I wore the day before my bilateral mastectomy. They still fit. They're they're a little <laughs> tighter than they used to be because that's been 10 years. But I'm going to wear those and they're like gray with these p- bright pink paint splotches. And then we have a team jersey and awesome. probably a tutu. And, wow, you know, I've you. got all my little good luck charms. And it'll, like I said, it's going to be such a fun adventure. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to just you know, being there and, and soaking up the experience. And I've reached, I reached my fundraising goal actually on my exact 10 year anniversary mm. date. So I was pretty jazzed about that. And mm, that's great. Yeah, all good things. Yeah. It sounds like the stars are aligning for you for sure. We'll have a wonderful race and best of luck to you and enjoy. I used to live in New York and I watched the marathon every year and it's just a spectacular it's just a, one of the best races because the crowd support is so awesome. You get to run through all five boroughs. It's just oh. really the best way to see the city. So enjoy every minute of it and, and best of luck. And congrats yeah. on you. 10 years and happy, happy birthday. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> what she said, what she said, Amy, what she said. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Great talking with you, Amy. Well, you too. Thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Our next guest is the gal who inspired this episode. Christine David is a public relations consultant and the mother of two school-age kids. Christine turned 40 earlier this year, and to mark that milestone, she is training for the Ironman 140.6 California, which is this weekend. (gasps) She has a couple goals with training and racing, which we'll get into. So thanks for talking with us, Christine, and for inspiring us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Christine, it's so fun to have you on the podcast Um, and just to talk to you more about this incredible goal. So to start off and kind of fill in the rest of the listeners, tell us about your athletic background, including how long you've been doing triathlons. So that's a funny story because I think (laughs) if you ask anybody in high school, if they ever thought I would do an Ironman or a triathlon or marathon or anything active, they tell you 
no way. (laughs) (laughs) I was a big nerd in high school. I didn't play any high school sports, but I really felt like that was missing in my life. So after I graduated from college, I was like, I'm going to be fit and I'm going to be active and I'm going to be healthy. So I I joined a dragon boat team and I was a a paddler and I started training for my first marathon. And so that's kind of where it all started was right after college. So I don't really have much of an athletic background, but um, in terms of triathlons, uh, so I, I did my first triathlon in 2009 and that was a sprint one. And I was so messed up after that because I fell off my bike. I didn't even know how to get on the right way. Like I swung my leg forward and sort of backwards over the seat. It like people were yelling at me on how to mount my bike properly. It was a mess. I had scrapes all over my knees. Um, so I've come a long way. <laughs> I won't even get on a bike that you have to clip in because I know I would stop and I just fall over. So I'm impressed that you do what you do. I mean, that's a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. that's the thing when I relearned how to ride a bike people were like don't you want to learn how to ride a bike again first before you learn how to clip in I was like nope it's all the same right now might as well just dive straight in (laughs) so we love the hashtag 140 for 40 how did you come up with that I know that you're an exceptional PR executive so it probably just comes to you all the time these ideas but how did this one specifically come to you well it's just the distance is 140. So it's a 140.6 triathlon and I was doing it for my 40th birthday. So it really stuck with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the idea of doing 140 for my birthday, I mean, it was kind of like, I, I didn't originally think of doing it for my 40th birthday. Mm. So like just, I guess the for for me, one of the big things that I have after I have my children is that I after going on this physical journey, after um, graduating from college and really realizing how important fitness was to me, I kind of lost some of that when I was pregnant. Like I dreamed of being like Alicia Montano and I would just run through my pregnancy and (laughs) it would be like beautiful and glorious. And I'd make all this headway with proving to people that you could run through your pregnancy. And that was not me. (laughs) I definitely rock climbed through my pregnancy, which was nice. And people would like stand under me. So they're like, oh my gosh, she's going to deliver her baby at any moment. Um, (laughs) Yeah. That sounds way more intense than running. Wow. Yeah, no, it was, it was actually very therapeutic and it kept me strong, but I couldn't be um, that active during my pregnancy especially during my cycle one when you're taking care of your younger, your first one. Mm-hmm. So, but after every time I deliver a child, I wanted to prove to myself that not only was I as strong as I was before, but that I could achieve even greater physical strength. So after I had my first daughter, I did a marathon because that was like the hardest thing I had done um, previously. And then I did a half Ironman. So it was a 70.3 distance. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that was my thing that proved that my body was stronger after kids. And then I kind of lost track of that after um, I had my son. Like I I definitely did a a full marathon uh, again, Mm -hmm. like about a year after he was born. But then my friend Yao, who was actually training for this Ironman with me, I was talking to her one day about how my husband was training for his third Ironman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, oh, he really needs this. It's really hard for him after we have kids, like life changes so much. And she's like, but what about you? Like, what are you doing? What are Mm. your goals? And she's like, what are you doing to help find yourself again after 
having two kids. And I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot about that in, in a second. <laughs> and uh, I was like, you know what? Yeah. She's like, you thought about doing an Ironman someday. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I did. Um, so <laughs> that's when I, it kind of like that idea came to me and that was three years ago. So it's been three years in the making. Mm, mm. So, all right. So you put out your intentions on an Instagram post on January 2nd. So, and you, you detailed your myriad motivations for doing this Ironman race and you listed goals like I want more ethnic diversity in triathlon and I want more older people in triathlon. So tell us about your aims here because they make us want to cheer even harder for you. Oh, yay. <laughs> um, yes, I am there for all of those things. I think one of the main things that happened to me during the pandemic is just being surrounded by all this talk of, of death and sickness. And I also wanted to there where there were opportunities where I just like I felt like I couldn't or there were lack of opportunities where I felt like I couldn't really do anything like we couldn't we couldn't celebrate the people that we with the people that we loved and there's a lot of loved ones that passed away not from COVID even just like and people that got in my life that got diagnosed with cancer or other terminal illnesses and it just it just felt like we needed to do something to either honor them uh, either their life or their struggle and I just needed an outlet to, to celebrate that. Mm. So that was kind of how I cured myself of the unhappiness that came out of the COVID pandemic. And then, mm-hmm. and then, so I, I did Indian Wells, um, Ironman 70.3 in December of last year. Mm-hmm. And I was still percolating the idea of not officially. Um, so that was December and I hadn't officially signed up for the full Ironman yet. And I might have had too much mommy juice one night. And I was uh, looking at my, <laughs> yeah, we all have those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking at the stats for Ironman and just how many men versus women were um, registered and their the racial breakdowns. And I was like, this is insane. Like, mm-hmm. this is not acceptable. It was such a small percentage of women. Mm-hmm. And, and ethnicity and minorities that were registering for these events. And I was like, there, there needs to be more of us in this. And I, and I've seen it. I've been there. I've spectated my husband at three Ironmans and multiple half Ironmans. And I see those women on the sidelines, you know, holding the children and holding up signs mm-hmm, and being mm-hmm. there for their husbands. And I'm like, yeah, so that your husband can fulfill this dream of it. I mean, I'm one of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, there need to be more of us on the other side mm-hmm. of this course. And mm-hmm. so that's when I, so quite, and I think that was either New Year's Eve or the day before. Mm-hmm. And so literally two days later, I wow. signed up for Ironman California. I was like, we're going to do this. We're going to see if we can be the space that is needed in, in this, this pool of athletes at Ironman events. Mm, I hope you've shared your story with Iron Man because I feel like that's such an important message to to inspire other women and and people of different ethnicities to sign up and do this. I I could just imagine them really highlighting you and and making you like kind of a shining example for a lot of other people that are a little nervous to sign up or don't think they have the time to do it or hesitation. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks, Katie. I uh, believe me, I've tagged them on all of my Instagram posts. <laughs> good. good, 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 good. Of course you have. It would. <laughs> so I, I am so impressed with how you have just plotted out your training very carefully. You know, you mentioned that you ran Indian Wells last year, and I know you did another half Ironman race along the way. How did you, I mean, how did you do this? How did you 
squeeze it all in. You're a busy mom, you work. I mean, just tell us a little bit about how the details of your training and, and kind of the highs and the lows and, and how you kept it all together. Well, if you visit at my house, you might think differently. <laughs> um, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think that one of the main goals that I have, especially when I, my husband was training for an Ironman, is that I wanted people to see that we are able to. And I and so I was training for marathons, too, at the same time. And I wanted people to know that you can both pursue these athletic goals or any goal in life um, simultaneously while being a parent and working and doing life. Like it is one of my biggest priorities that no matter what goal that I have, that I'm still there for my family and I'm still supportive of, of my friends and that we show up when we need to be there. Um, so it didn't, it, I didn't want it to be this entire sacrifice that you made with all of your time. Mm-hmm. So part of that requires some very special planning. And I knew that for myself, like I, I am a different athlete than my husband. Like he can turn around and Ironman in in less than a year. Whereas like, I knew I had a lot of work to do. Um, so at Ironman Indian Wells, um, 70.3, I barely made that time cut off. Mm. There was the, the, that bike (laughs) that's like last racer, like barely behind me. And I was booking it just to make the finish line cut off. And when Mm. I crossed that finish line, I thought to myself, I have a lot of work to do. And I already knew I had already trained for the half distance. So you can only, you would imagine mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel that, that much you know, more to do the other half. And I was like, no, I need to plan this very carefully. And that part, a big part of that was just taking myself seriously as an athlete mm-hmm. and knowing that with this gargantuan effort of racing 140.6 miles, I had to take that distance seriously. I had to respect the event. I mm-hmm. couldn't just wing it like I did sometimes with my um, marathons or other events and just like kind of skate by. So for this one, I I planned basically two years in advance because I already knew this, like going into training for Indian Wells, that this is what I would ultimately want to achieve. And I'm not great at anything. I mean, you already heard that I'm like horrible on the bike. I barely knew how to mount one. <laughs> I I just took swim lessons in middle school because my, my parents didn't want me to drown. And then, but I didn't do like swim team or anything. And then if you look up any of my run times, I'm a very slow and steady runner, which will hopefully work out for me right. at the Ironman <laughs> event. Um, so maybe I've been training for this my whole life, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not like, I can't like depend on my run, you know, to just uh, carry me through the end. I have to work at all of these things. So I basically planned to fail. I planned to fail a lot during this Mm. process and I welcomed it. Like every time I failed, I was like, yes, that didn't work. I can now move on to the next thing and figure out what does. And I think that a lot of people think that your pathway has to be full of successes in order to get to where you need to be. And I hope to prove to you know, other people that you can be a normal person that isn't like the cookie cutter athlete. And that if you plan properly, and you give yourself room to fail that you can. Cause I got, I got sick. I got injured. I had to take family vacations. I had to do a whole bunch of other things. You know, I, I had like services for deaths in the family, you know, like their, their life happens, but you can right. still choose these things if you can give yourself room and grace to fail and get back on it. Mm. That is awesome. We need it shirts is. that say all of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. In very fine print. <laughs> yes, exactly. People have to get really close to read it. Um, so, okay, so you did Ironman 70.3 up in beautiful Victoria, Canada at the end of May, and then Ironman 70.3 Washington just um, last month. So how did those races go for you? 
yeah, I can't believe Washington was just last month. <laughs> so Victoria is a beautiful race. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I did it is because my husband and my friend Yao who helped me start on this journey, they said that it was their favorite race ever. I mistakenly interpret that to mean it was the easiest race ever. <laughs> so I signed up and quickly realized that that was the hardest bike course I could mm. have signed up for <laughs> out of the options that I had given myself. And you know that I am a horrible cyclist and <laughs> it just, it took me forever to get mm. through that bike course. And I, I was telling my coach afterwards, I was like, you know, I had a really bad bike leg when I tried to smash it on the run. Cause I still have all that energy in my legs because my bike was just so horrible. So like, but then like after smashing my legs, I crossed that finish line. And this is why you don't see that finish line picture that I, I didn't send that one to you because it looks like it's like this ugly face, like this ugly cry face. It is horrible. Cause I, one was in so much pain crossing that finish line. And second, I was so defeated. I was so deflated. Like I, mm. here I am in the end of May. I have only so many months left in, including a summer vacation with my kids to prepare for this full Ironman. Like I just, I didn't know if I could do it. I was mm. so, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure if this was the right decision. And then I went on summer vacation with my family, which is like this, these epic like uh, camping trips that we do, which was amazing. But then I got COVID. Mm. And so it like basically, and then I left for another vacation to visit my sister. So it was like this gap of like six weeks where I like, I couldn't train properly either to mm-hmm. following the fact that I did so poorly at Victoria in my, in my book, because mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. I was preparing to do another 70.3. So then I had some really hard conversations with the coach and I was like, what do I need to do to get myself ready? And that's why tune-up races are really important because they really affirm where you are and where you mm-hmm. need to go. So I knew mm-hmm. Washington totally. mm-hmm. my last chance, right? And I've never done tune-up races before. This is all part of mm-hmm. my new strategy on being a better athlete, <laughs> by the <laughs> way. So yeah, so but then when I did Washington, I had I was like, this is a training race. I am not going to taper. I am going to load myself as much as possible beforehand. And I think I had like 30 miles of running in me. I had like at least like 70 miles of biking in me, like just that week, seven days leading up to that race. Wow. And then honestly, I feel like I killed that race. Like (laughs) (laughs) You see it in my pictures. I like, I've never been so stoked to cross the finish line. Like I crossed that finish line. It's not like my PR. I didn't PR on that race. I PR'd the leg, the run leg, but wow. I didn't PR overall, but I was still, that was like the best race of my life. I mm. even fell on the bike. I fell on the bike <laughs> I fell back up, and I dust myself, you know, I dust myself off and I got back on it. And I think that was the thing. Like I didn't freak myself out. Like, even though I had uh, that incident on the bike and even though I had all that load in me, like I still could finish strong. I didn't cramp. And so at the end of that, I was like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can do 140.6. Like I just need to maintain this fitness and we're good to go. So mm-hmm. you know what you PR did in that race, your confidence, that's what you needed to get out of that race going You're into, right. into the next one, you know, into the big one. So that's so awesome. I, I saw an Instagram post from earlier this year. Maybe it was the day that you signed up the race on January 2nd after your mommy juice. Um, <laughs> and you said, this is the year that I stop entertaining the imposter and see myself as a real athlete, no matter how slow I am, mm-hmm. which I think so many women, well, in men, I mean, everyone can relate to that, right? Especially those who didn't have, didn't grow up being an athlete um, when they were younger. And so I think a lot of people who become an athlete later in life, like 
it's hard for them to categorize themselves as an athlete. And so what's your progress like? Do you still believe that? Do you still, I shouldn't say, do you believe that? Have you overcome this? Like, do you feel like you are not an imposter anymore and you are a real athlete? Yes. Like, so short answer. Yes. Mm -hmm. And my coach was the one that gave me that phrase that you're in. When I told her I wanted to do this, I was like, look, I, I've never done anything this hard. Like, I don't know if I am capable, but if I do it, I'll believe in myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought I wouldn't believe in myself uh, and and so she said, I think you're entertaining imposter. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're just feeding into this idea that you don't belong here. And, and I was like, I know. And, and I thought that I wouldn't believe that I was an athlete until I crossed that finish line. But through this process, I've, I've already changed my mind about myself and I'm really yeah. excited to see what else I can do. I've already booked races and planned things for next year. Like that's how <laughs> confident I am in my ability. I mean, they're not like an Ironman, but you know, I've, I've set new goals that I didn't think were within reach anymore. Um, I mean, one of the main ones, like I've never done a sub two half marathon, for example. Uh, so that's the one I'm going to like check off my lists and write out my fitness. So if you look at my Instagram account, I, I put in my profile that I'm a quote unquote striving athlete. Cause I mm-hmm. always feel like I was striving to become an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I, I will officially change that. Yeah. You need to change that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> October 23rd. I'm changing that. Whether or not I cross that finish line, I am officially changing. <laughs> oh, you're going to finish it. I know you are. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Christine, before we let you go, we have to ask, how did you celebrate your actual 40th birthday back in June? Like, was there a special workout, a cake with some, you know, birthday cake goo frosting on it? What'd you do? <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant idea, Sarah. I think <laughs> you should start marketing that. Like, Kara's, Kara's cupcakes stand aside. There's like goo frosting cupcakes that I have coming out. Um, so <laughs> kind of a downer moment for me when I turned 40, like this big birthday celebration is that I got COVID. Oh, so I spent it in isolation, but I got to spend it in isolation with my family because sharing is caring and everyone got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, before that, I already told my friends, like, don't do anything for my birthday. Like, thank you for all your love and support. But honestly, like, can you just delay my birthday party till October 23rd and situate yourself at every mile of that marathon? Cause I'm going to need all the help I can get uh, <laughs> to get across that finish line. So a lot of people have been so supportive of me and my journey virtually. And also the ones that are local, cause luckily Sacramento is only a couple hours away from where I, I live. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have said that they're going to be there and they're just going to cheer me on. And I think that's like the best birthday gift I could ever ask for. Well, we are going to cheer you on from afar. We're so excited to see you crush your goals and cross the finish line Mm -hmm. and celebrate your birthday. And and really, I think what's the best part about it all is putting out a really scary goal in front of you and just having the courage to go do it. So Mm -hmm. congrats Mm -hmm. on all the training and we can't wait to see how it all goes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christine. Our final birthday-related goal gal is Terry Skadron, a retired lawyer in Silver Spring, Maryland, who is a stepmom to one. And like the other ladies, Terry's goal is big, to complete 60 marathons or ultras by her 60th birthday on November 24th. We're pleased you could join us, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. Terry, what an amazing goal. Tell us a little bit about your running background and how you have gotten to this goal and, and where you are in the process. Well, I would say I started running relatively late. You know, what Christine was saying about not being a high school athlete really resonated with me because 
I was anything but an athlete in my early years, I would say that it would not be unreasonable in my high school yearbook to have someone write that I was the senior least likely to run a marathon. (laughs) (laughs) But I started running in my early 30s, largely because I, I just needed big changes in my life. I was, you know, working at a large law firm and putting in like 60 hours a week. I now sort of shudder to, to remember that I was a chain smoker. Mm. Um, I, I just was completely out of shape. And I eventually just came to this that I need to make some big changes in my life. Mm-hmm. And I started running. I mean, I, I quit smoking and started running. Mm-hmm. And I found that, you know, the two, it, it really made a big difference for me. Mm-hmm. And when I ran my first mile, I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so ecstatic. I never thought I could do anything like this. And I was running for maybe about 10 years or so. I ran my first marathon when I was 46. Wow. So I came to marathons relatively late. And I think the game changer for me in terms of really getting hooked on them was um, joining a running club. Hmm. Um, I joined uh, Montgomery County Roadrunners. Um mm-hmm. To train for my first marathon and in part I joined because I didn't want to be out on trails by myself sure. um, without you know company I just felt safer in a group uh, at that point I thought I knew enough about running to you know finish a marathon and I learned that I had so much to learn mm-hmm. uh, but just starting up with that group uh, got me hooked in mm-hmm. and so that was that was the start of it in um, 2000. Oh my gosh. Okay. um, So Terry, I have to say, I have literally been doing division in my notebook, like 14 (laughs) into 60. I didn't even take out my iPhone and put it, open up the calculator (sighs) app. So that means you were doing, you're doing an average of four marathons or ultras, a tiny bit over that per year. So first of all, wow. And then when did, Yeah. yeah. When did you realize you could intertwine your 60th endurance race with your 60th birthday? Well, I it was in. Uh, I guess I put it back in 2017 when I hit my 50th marathon, <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. and I realized that. Well, gosh, I um, 50, and um, I've got what is it like five years or so? I mm-hmm. it's realistic to get up to number 60. Mm-hmm. When I turned 50, I had another epic running goal, and that was I finished my first 50 mile race, mm, mm-hmm. and. You know, my, my husband would say, well, it's really great that you made it through that <laughs> and are getting to age 60 because that was tough on me. I, I had a wonderful time during the race itself, but wow. I made major errors in hydration and I ended up having to have like IV hydration after the, the race. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, I loved the race, but mm-hmm. it was about an hour afterwards and I didn't eat enough and I, I certainly didn't drink enough, you know, during... It, for me, it was 14 hours out on a trail. Mm-hmm. And wow. so I, I remember I was lying in a, in a hospital bed and my husband was like, would you promise that you will never, ever do this again? <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, you know, you're in a position where it's really hard not to promise that. Like mm-hmm. I was somewhat compromised at that point. Sure. So I, you know, I in terms of doing another ultra for age 60, I toyed a little bit with the idea of running 60 miles for my 60th. And Mm -hmm. 
I just was like, no, I, this is not probably a very good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, in terms of it, it became a more realistic goal, you know, once I hit number 50, mm-hmm. although my calculations got off a little bit, you know, in part because of COVID. Mm-hmm. So that year, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there were no races. So sure. I did zero. And then there was another year, um, 2018, as I was going through my my list and stuff, that I realized I, I didn't run a, a single marathon or ultra. Mm. Um, I had plantar fasciitis. And oh, yeah. It just completely sidelined me, mm-hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. it took me months to get over it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What has been the reaction from your friends and family about your 60th birthday goal? I mean, that's... It's just so incredible. And I, and I realized that you were sidelined when you did the 50 miler and you promised your husband that you wouldn't do it again. But so how is his reaction if you complete the 60 by your 60th birthday? Yeah, he's supportive. I would say overall, I mean, he did say, well, you know, it's okay to stop at 58. And I'm like, but that's, that's Mm. not like a round number. (laughs) I can't do that. You know, I I can't stop at 58. Um, but I, I mean, his biggest concern is, you know, that I stay healthy and I, I think I've, I've actually done remarkably well on not getting injured other than that, you know, horrible year in 2018. Mm-hmm. But my biggest thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gone a long way in terms of not getting like a lot of serious running injuries. Some of it is that I've never completely detrained. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when I ran my first marathon, it was so hard to get up to that distance. And I thought, oh gosh, if I'm ever going to do this again, I don't want to start from, <laughs> you know, from ground zero, you know, mm-hmm. so I've always right. maintained something of a base. Mm-hmm. So you're mm-hmm. always kind of in marathon shape. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I generally have been. Okay. You know, so that has certainly helped along the way. But the other thing is I'm big on taking unscheduled rest days if something feels off. Mm, mm. Smart. That has definitely made a big difference. And then my other thing is there are certainly days that you don't feel like running. Mm -hmm. And I've always had the Terry one mile test. Like if I go out and I run for a mile and I'm still really not feeling it, it's okay to like let myself off the hook and go Mm. home. It's Mm. smart to listen to your body, obviously. So how you have two more marathons to go, including one this, including one this weekend, how's your training been going and how are you feeling? I'd say at this point, my training's pretty good. You know, the first speaker, um, Amy was talking about how much she was loving her training. I have to say that this summer was really hard for me. Training in Washington, D.C., heat, I mean, the humidity is way up there and it was like 90 100 degrees and my watch kept like my garmin kept sending me messages like unproductive (laughs) (laughs) drained like you know i I was ready to kill my garmin like throw it in the trash you know just because (laughs) i would come home and i was just a wet rag and thinking do I really want to do this? I mean, I um, this is really, you know, hard on me. But now that the fall has hit, as it has for, you know, many other seasons, now I'm just loving running. Mm. And I'm finally getting that feeling that you you kind of know you're ready for a marathon when you go out and you're at mile 18 or, or 19 and you feel like, I could keep going. Mm-hmm. It's not that mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm ready for it. I mean, certainly the, the goal you know, as I've been getting closer to it has 
motivated me to keep going on some races that, you know, were kind of tough for me, but mm, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's been a good thing overall. Have you thought about dropping out of races? And do you think you would have, if you hadn't had this 60 for 60 goal? Well, there is one race this past spring mm-hmm. that I definitely would have cut short if I oh. didn't have this goal. Wow. And it was a 50 K in um, Pennsylvania it's called dirty German um, 50 K mm-hmm. and it's a Bavarian themed race and you know the dirty part is because you're running in dirt but you know the the night before the race it rained buckets like Mm. you know for like 12 hours before oh boy a trail race and so when we hit the trail it was just shoe sucking mud for the entire way (laughs) shoe sucking mud i like it Uh (laughs) uh-huh and it was also cold Mm. uh, and there was a big wind and to the point where at one aid station, I wanted to zip up my jacket and mm-hmm. my fingers literally would not work. Oh, and boy. I had to ask an aid station person, <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you zip my jacket, please? <laughs> and she was so nice about it. And then I, I, I kind of wanted her to tie my shoes, too, but... You know, they were covered in mud, and I felt like that's a big ask. I don't, so, I don't think I can ask for that. <laughs> it reminds me, in the first Boston that I ran, I, I, my shoe came untied, and I asked a spectator to tie my shoes. I'm just like, I, oh, cannot, I cannot bend over, and if I sit down, I might not stand up again. So I'm like, oh, uh, I, can you tie my shoe? <laughs> I hear you, and I have been there. <laughs> so this race was two 15-mile loops, and... Mm. I was with a group, you know, about my pace and I was, you know, having some fun on the first loop, mm-hmm. but only because there were, I had company. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to the end of the first loop, I said, so are we all heading out again? And they're like, no, we are done. <laughs> 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 I just looked so crestfallen. I felt like crying. Um, oh. But then it occurred to me that if I don't like go out by myself for this other 15 miles, then I have to add another race in the fall, and I, I really don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's now or never, Terry. Do it. Hammer down. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh but I, I do have to say that, like, aging, you know, getting a little bit older, like, there were so few people by the time I finished. And I was coming in, and one of the people at the finish line called out and said, hey, are you over 50 years old? And I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, do I really look it? Is that so obvious? And he said, oh, okay, well, you get this award. <laughs> yes, score. Yeah. It was um, a lot of, I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Okay, so I just have to ask about how you stay injury-free because here you are, you're going to turn 60, you're running one marathon and then another one one month later. And when I was 48 years old, I ran the Philly Marathon six weeks after the Victoria Marathon and my legs just felt like they were made of lead in the second half of Philly. So what is your secret, Terry? Well, you know, I feel like once I'm trained up to it, then it's not unusual for me to do two or three marathons a season. Wow. You know, I the week after the marathon, I'm if I run at all, it'll be maybe like three miles on on the Thursday after the weekend. Mm-hmm. But I start to do like a reverse taper mm-hmm. and maybe do one more twenty miler before you know the second race, mm-hmm. and then I'm generally ready for it. Mm. One of the more my husband would say stupid things, but you know one <laughs> of the more extreme things along the way that I have done 
you know, two of my marathons were back to back Saturday, oh, yeah. Sunday. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was largely for reasons I won't go into. I got a, a free entry to, to the first race. And then I was like, well, this other race is only like five hours away. Um, <laughs> I could actually do this. <laughs> oh, sure. Why not? So, You're losing yeah, money if yeah, you don't okay. do it, right? <laughs> well, and I had friends running both races. So I thought, well, this is like double your social fund. <laughs> <laughs> double your pay. <laughs> yes, that's what I think. <laughs> what I did was I, I stopped by, one was in downtown D.C., and um, I stopped by a friend's house before the drive down for the second marathon mm-hmm. and took an ice bath. Ooh, and yeah. then mm-hmm. a friend drove me, and the whole way down, I was like rolling my calves, you know, mm-hmm. stretching to the extent I could in a car. Okay. And I had trained, you know, doing double long runs. Okay. So, I had gotten my body used to, you know, doing a longer distance the next day. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure how it would work out, but it actually worked out pretty well. Wow. You know, and both marathons were within a minute of each other, which oh my um, gosh. surprised me. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. So, so the big question is your actual birthday is just four days after you run your 60th marathon. So how are you going to celebrate your actual birthday? Which I looked up, it actually falls on Thanksgiving. So I suspect maybe you'll eat turkey and mashed potatoes on your birthday or. Yeah. I, I grew up with my mom putting little plastic turkeys in my cake. <laughs> <laughs> The day of the marathon on the Uh 20th after Uh Philadelphia, that is the day of my marathons program's um, end of the season banquet. Oh, So I'll I'll be able to come, you know, it's only a two-hour drive, so I'll come home and um, I'll be able to celebrate with, you know, all of my friends. So that that will be special for that, for the running part. And on my actual birthday, Thanksgiving, but then we'll we'll do something um, and... I'll probably get together with some friends mm-hmm. and just sort of toast having finished, you know, this milestone. Yeah, it's amazing. So. It's amazing. And you are amazing, Terry. So thank you for sharing your story <laughs> with us. And we wish you all the best on these upcoming marathons. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Well, Katie was not stunned into silence over all that. She had to go pick up her daughters who were getting out of school early. So just me wrapping up here. And Katie and I worked hard on helping put together an amazing runner box collaborative that just launched and has some of our favorite items in it, including a pair of Tifosi sunglasses, a custom buff, some goo goodies, a tube of noon and more. Like I said, it just debuted on the runner box website and the value of the items in the box is over $100, but it's priced at just $48. This is a very limited edition box. There's fewer than 100 of them. So we know they're going to sell out fast. Get one for yourself or a running friend. You're never too early to shop for the holidays. Get one while they last. Head to therunnerbox.com to see everything that's in it and to snag one. Again, that website is therunnerbox.com. Our podcast today was produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medor from Fire on the Bluff. Many happy miles. 